Welcome to Women Who Sarcast. I'm Kathy Barron, and today I have a very special co-host, my friend and actor, Amanda Wiss. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me be your co-host. Absolutely. Uh, And thank you for being on the show. So we met many years ago, and it's so great to see you again and, and have you on the show. And you have been in a lot of shows movies, TV series, that sort of thing. Um, And so how did you get into acting in the first place? Um, I, um, my older sister was an actress and um, I went to see her in a play and after I was 11 and, um, a director was there and said, are you an actress? And I, was, I said, yes, <laughs> I wasn't yet. And um, he said, I'm auditioning um, girls your age for a play called um, The Innocent by William Inge. So I went and read for it and I got it. And then, and that was in Los Angeles and that ran for a while. And then um, the following year I did another play uh that was called called the bad seed and then from that play the bad seed i got an agent and then um when i was you know early teens like you know from 12 to 16 um i did commercials Mm -hmm. and then when i graduated from high school my that when i first started college then I, i got a tv series and things like that so but it was commercials but it was from starting out in theater and then um and then, you know, I started studying acting. What did your sister serious. think about all that? Uh, she thought it was great. I mean, it was just such a, a, a lucky blessing that mm-hmm. I was right. I was in a, the right place at the right time. And I don't know, maybe it was just something that was meant to be or right. I'm not sure. So, um, yeah, no, she's super supportive. Amazing. <laughs> she didn't like put, you know something in your but, food that night because you like no no she's also a, a quite a you know enough older that I was like you know that I was like a little kid to her right you know more grown-up self so <laughs> <laughs> and so you do a lot of horror um films right I mean that seems to be your jam yeah um I've done I've done quite a few I mean mostly <clears throat> when I was younger I did Nightmare on Elm Street, um, and that turned into being, you know, it turned into such a big film. That said, um, then I didn't do them for a long time because back in the day when I did that, my agents didn't even want me to do it. They mm. said it was going to be the end of my career. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, you're a serious actress. You can't do horror. Um, but I wanted to do it. I really, really liked Wes Craven when I met him. And so mm-hmm. we went and did that. And then I didn't do a horror movie for – I did – I mean, I've done sort of like thrillery, horror adjacent things. But then in the last couple of years, I did um, a movie called The Hatred, mm-hmm. um, which I w- it was more like a little cameo. And then I did um, Big Legend, which is a creature feature. And um, what other? Oh, and then in the 90s, I did a movie called Shockma about mm. a radiation 
an irradiated baboon because, you know, <laughs> who doesn't want to see a killer right. baboon that's been radiated and gone crazy? Right. And, it, and, and he was actually the star of the film. He was a famous baboon actor named Typhoon oh. who um, had been in quite a few movies. Um, he um, and um, yeah, he was scary. Um, so <laughs> I haven't scary. actually he was very scary. He actually terrified me. He was beautiful, though. Um, <laughs> I haven't actually been in that many horror films, but. They're all ones people have seen and uh, they don't right. see like all my television stuff that I do or like right. the indies that I do that aren't horror. So, right. um, yeah, so I, I'm very well known in the horror world, which is nice. And I've it's really only from, you know, the one movie Nightmare on Elm Street and right. um, which is it kind of wild and cool. But um, uh, but there are uh, other actors, friends of mine that really that is all they do is horror. And, mm-hmm. they're, you know, they they they're doing really well so your agent thought that horror films would ruin your career because you were a serious yes actor. because I, I was a serious actor and um so but I'm so glad that I didn't take their advice and I was so young to not really heed what they were saying but I just felt like it was I really liked the role and um I'd never I'd never even seen a horror film you know mm. I just I didn't grow up watching horror so I didn't know you know, I just thought it seemed like a really grand adventure. And right. it was. And it still is to this day. It's yeah. just the movie that just people love. I mean, it's on its third generation of fans, which just blows my mind. Right. Yeah. So, uh, Which I don't know how that could be because I'm only 20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems kind of like uh, sci-fi-ish almost because you're like yeah, right. travel on time. <laughs> Um, but you go to a lot of these like horror cons and events and all over the country to promote yeah. and do the whole horror film stuff. Do you yeah. like to, to do that kind of event stuff or? Well, you know, it's amazing. I, I'm super grateful that I get to meet the fans of the genre and they really are the best fans in the world. The horror mm-hmm. fans, they're so supportive and love the genre so much and love the actors and the movies and the directors and super knowledgeable about the you know making films and um they're so it's very fun to go meet them and then also just to be to get to hear their stories I tend to go for they're sort of split for me like as far as the old-timey movies um Mm -hmm. Better Off Dead and Nightmare on Elm Street so I think it's funny because for some reason Better Off Dead kind of a lot of the horror fans like Better Off Dead, which is just a, you know, a teen comedy, not a horror. Mm-hmm. And um, so I always feel really blessed, really, that I get to go and meet so many people and hear their stories. And, you know, I like to find out why they like the movie so much. I mean, it's a, about a person who kills children. And I'm like, <laughs> why do you love this movie so much? But they do. And and they dress up and, and they, dress they do up the whole and, thing. I mean, are they like crazed people? Do you need like a bodyguard or something? Because some Uh, of these people seem a little, you know, cray cray. (laughs) Every now and then um, I've had to have security. But for the most part, it's just really fans of of the genre. Just fans. Like it's just so beautiful. And they're so – they love Nightmare on Elm Street and Better Off Dead so much. They know every. The, the, I, I think they're actually just like cinephiles that just like love movies, but horror or Better Off Dead, mm-hmm. the, whatever comedy. Um, they just 
that's the genre, that's the lane they're in. Um, no, they're, they're just very devout and nice. So for the, for, I would say 99.9% of the time, it's always just really fantastic. And, and I get to meet so many interesting people and mm-hmm. I feel really fortunate that they want to come meet me. Like I, I'm just, sometimes I'm like, Oh my gosh, I think I'm getting the better end of this deal <laughs> because I get to hear all these fabulous stories and right. meet their families. And um, wow. so it's kind of fun to connect like that, you yeah. know, to connect with people. And I um, mean, we do panels and people ask really interesting questions and, mm-hmm. um, I get to see all my friends from the movies and stuff like that, which is kind of fun. Right. So, you know, do your fans, I mean, they see you as the character mostly, right? So, so how do you kind of, how do they react to you and how do you kind of try to like downplay it? Or, I mean, how do you handle that kind of stuff? Um, I think, Yes, I think a lot of people think of me as Beth from Better Off Dead or Tina. Like my joke is, I can I'll win my Oscar, and they'll say, "Oh look, Tina from A Nightmare on Elm Street won an Oscar." (laughs) She's eighty. But um, (laughs) I think I really I think part of what happens with me and the fans that come up is that I am genuinely enthusiastic about meeting them and hearing their stories. Mm -hmm. And so I think because I tend to, I start, I mean, I ask people so many questions. I want to hear about their life, you know, and Mm -hmm. who got them into horror films or who showed them nightmare on Elm street when somebody's like 20 and they come up to me, I'm like, who showed you this movie? Like how old were you? (laughs) And, um, so I think it's mostly, I like to find out about them too. So I think yeah. um, I put people at ease that way. So who's your favorite actor to work with? Ooh, gosh. Let me think. I would have to say loved working with John Cusack. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. Um, I mean, there's it's hard because it's different things. Like Kevin Costner is just, I mean, he's just, so talented and interesting and free and nice mm-hmm. um is there an actor that you like had like a, an epiphany or like learned something from or yeah i mean i think there's an opportunity to learn something every every time on a set um, i just did a movie with jay moore mm-hmm. and he's so free and um you know just so present and it was just a really good reminder and, and yet he's not just um he's not just standing there saying lines. He's just super loose and um, funny and mm-hmm. just, he doesn't censor himself. So um, that was, it was just kind of an, it was a really fun, energizing experience working with him. And, you know, I'd love if th- there's hints that the movie we did could have a sequel and I would love that. I'd right. love to work with him again. He was amazing, but there's so many I've had, I've been so lucky as far as, really good you know actors to work with that I mean there's just so many for different reasons but and I just worked with Jeff Fahey who's also like super loose and is it easier to to if the other actor is 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 relaxed and free and uncensored because that kind of gives you the 
freedom to be that way as well? I think so. You kind of feed off of each other. Yeah, I think so. I think when somebody's really present like that, it really kind of opens this like acting because it's, you know, it's really when you break down acting, it's a weird thing. Somebody has written these words that you're as you as an adult are going to stand there and pretend you're somebody else and say these lines. And, and, um, you know, that's just like the bare bones of it. And, but really the goal is to be to like all your life come through this character that's been created either on the page or through, your interpretation of what the character is and and then you know to stay really present and you know when you think like on a sound stage you've got a, a crew there's 75 people standing around you there's the camera right. and there's all these people and you and this other person are going to have like an intimate conversation mm-hmm. but it's in and, and so it's it's many things it's like knowing how to be aware enough of the camera because that's your audience but to have it not interfere and to be able to um, put all all the people that are also there sort of in a box that's not in your sphere with the other actor. And so I think the more loose or more truthful or present or whatever the words are that the other person is, it, it, it definitely adds, adds life and it allows the other person to also, you know, match that moment to moment. Mm-hmm. Um, energy, I think. So, do you have some kind of like ritual that you go through before you start your character? Is there like any meditation, or do you have to be like in a certain right. space? I think. I mean, for me, I mean, it starts before I get to the set. Like when I'm working on the character, you know, I do do things. I kind of figure out the background and history of the person and. I'll usually try to spend a day sort of like, how does this person walk and move? Mm. And and sometimes if I'm stuck, I go into my little toolbox and I'm like, all right, what's a song that'll help me mm-hmm. um, get there? Or what's a what's an animal or, or something that'll help me break through whatever block I'm having about getting mm. to this with the character? And then really, like once I'm on the set, you know, I just want to know my lines and, and really just breathe, breathe. Breathing is important. (laughs) Yeah. So do you, um, is there somebody that you would want to work with that you haven't yet? Oh my gosh. Yes. Let's see. Um, I would love to work with Helen Mirren. Mm, That's a good one. I just love her. I mean, I'd like to work with Brad Pitt. I Mm. think he is like the most gorgeous character actor out there like he's Mm -hmm. he's just he's a guy that can just really dive into a role i'd like to work with george clooney maybe him as a director even Mm -hmm. i just think you know he he does really interesting movies i really like what he does and um well i mean being in a love story with those two would be pretty awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah there we go yeah except that you know because how hollywood works she their love story the girl would have to be 20 21 even though yeah like like uh, all like 50 year old men need to be with a 21 year old girl (laughs) or maybe you could like (laughs) rope them into some kind of horror film or something yeah right because you know i don't think they have that on their resume yet no they don't so I do, I do know that um, this is a very important question. So um, it's like the most important question ever is, <laughs> has uh, Lifetime Channel ever contacted you for your Hallmark series? No. 
I have been wanting to be in a Hallmark Christmas movie for 20 years. And um, apparently, um, they already have blonde middle-aged women in Canada that I'll never, ever have a chance to be in one. That, that's kind of basically what I've been told. And I'm like, but they don't have my kind of blonde. Right. You know, but um, no. And I... I'm such a big fan of just that feel good, happy, <laughs> and also the the crazy drama ones on Lifetime. Yeah. Um, in fact, I did a TV movie called The Sandman with a director named Peter Sullivan, who's very nice. It does a lot of Hallmark movies, and I was like, oh my god, this is great! I'll do this movie with him, and this is he's gonna have me, um, be, uh, in his Hallmark movies, and nope. No, didn't happen. <laughs> know, huh? He gets his he gets his blonde people from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like Canada gets a lot of uh, movie stuff. Yeah, they do, and and um, I mean, a lot of them are shot in Canada, so they do hire. Uh, I mean, they'll they'll do like one U.S. celebrity, and then um, the rest are Canadians. Canadian. Yeah, yeah. So I know. I mean, maybe someday I'll be like, I'll just be like ancient. I'll be like the crazy old grandma on the corner in some <laughs> Lifetime movie, or or like um, the like the the old mayor who's bitter because they made her resign in a Hallmark Christmas movie. <laughs> I'll be the bomb bug, like bitter. <laughs> Finally, now I don't even get to wear cute clothes in your damn Hallmark movie because you waited till I was so old. <laughs> yeah, your agent needs to get on that. I know there. No, I, there half. There are some of the people that have said it's never going to happen. They already have the blonde person up there. I'm like, come on. They have their token blonde person. Yeah, they have their they have their blonde moms and aunts already. It hurts my feelings. My last feeling I had left, it hurts it. I know Hallmark Channel. I love you so much. Oh, I want to be in your Christmas movies, and to... I want to be in your and those little mystery TV those mystery series that they do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, were you ever in an after-school program? After-school special? Special, yeah. Yes, I was. I was in um, a very, an award-winning one called She Drinks a Little. Oh. Yeah. That was, that I did when I was a teenager. What year was was that? 79, maybe? Okay. Yeah. So what was that in a brief synopsis? It was... I played a girl named Cindy. This is taxing my memory here. Sorry. (laughs) Um, My mother was played by a a brilliant actress named Bonnie Bartlett. And she was an alcoholic in in the movie. Mm -hmm. Not Bonnie. Not Bonnie Bartlett. (laughs) And she – and so it was just – I was this young girl and my life was being disrupted by my alcoholic mom. And um, I don't remember what happens to us. I don't remember how it ends. Well, we'll it had to, to have up. ended, you know, somewhat yeah, that, cheery because if it was an yeah. after school. Yeah. She, yeah, I think she gets sober at the end. and um, but, at, but after she embarrassed me at like the school pageant. Right. And then I think then she decided to get sober. But it, yeah, it was, it was, it was really fun to make. And in fact, wait a minute, it might have even been later than that because we were filming in Venice, California when reagan when when president reagan got shot oh wow okay so that might have been that was like in the 80s right yeah yeah the early 80s 
Yeah, because I just remember we were filming one day. We were filming this dinner scene, and somebody came in, and they said, we have to wrap for the day. And everybody was like, why? And they were like, the president's just been shot. Everybody needs to go home to their families. Because I think I'm trying to, but I don't, I think people didn't know whether he was going to make it or not. Right, right. Yeah, so that's what how I remember that after-school special. That's, well, <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> what happens. Crazy. So besides the Hallmark Christmas movie, what would be your dream project? Ooh, um, let's see. Um, there's so many. Okay, Hallmark Christmas movie. Um, I would love to do a TV series of, that's got the same sort of you know the TV series Ozark? Oh, yeah. I love Ozark. Yeah. So it's just – and there was a TV series on before that called Bloodlines. Oh, I love that one um, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I like those – I would love to be the lead, you know, ensemble, part of the lead ensemble in a really cool, gritty, mm-hmm. well-written TV series that's, you know, HBO, Netflix, one of those that just – Hulu um, that – really writes well like you get a full-blown character and it's not about you know how you look or you're not working with the latest you know instagram star with not that there's anything wrong with that but (laughs) you get to really work with like actors that want to go deeper richer fuller right right. and um they're not as worried about their hair and makeup as they are about getting getting inside the skin of a really great character Mm -hmm. and i would love to go to work every day on a series like that yeah that would be yeah, that would that's like my ideal dream job. <clears throat> that and I've always wanted to do a recurring role on Star Trek. <laughs> really? <laughs> I just, yes. I just You're, Are you I, a Trekkie? I am and I love sci-fi stuff so much. Yeah. So I I would love to get a recurring role. So you're more of a Star Trekky than a Star Warsy person, huh? No, I love Star Wars. Okay. I love Star Wars. Um, yeah, you put me in a Star Wars movie, that would be great. <laughs> I would do that. I I didn't even think of that. Yeah, so I want to recur on Star Trek and be in a Star Wars movie. Okay. Yeah. Make it so Obi Wan Kenobi. Thank you. I second that. <laughs> <laughs> So I know um, that you mm-hmm. are very spiritual, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. I think so. I mean, you know. Namaste I'm, and all that shit. Yeah. I'm a work in progress, working on it. Yeah. We all are. Yeah. So how do you kind of balance the characters that you portray? And I guess how do you separate? I mean, we all have our jobs. And regardless of what it is, and, you know, for me, I try to just keep it, you know, right. at work. But it seems to me like acting is more personal, more intimate. So there, I would think it would take more to kind of separate because, you know, right. you're celebrity. People know you. They probably, you know, stop you in the street, in the grocery store, at the ice cream store, you know, whatever. So how do you you know, separate and continue that, that personal, spiritual, Zen part of you. Right. Right. Well, I mean, like I said, it's a work in progress just for my own personal evolution, like not even just forget about the acting part. Um, Because, I mean, gosh, the ego is just so huge in that 
learning how to coincide with it and evolve with it and not take everything the ego says to be the truth of who and what you are and that, mm-hmm. that, that, um, and, and, you know, guys just looking around the world right now yeah. with the things going on where you just like, when I'm meditating in the morning, like to keep trying to come from a place of love without spewing my own hatred that I want to yell about <laughs> some of the things going on. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, so it's, it's just, I feel like it's, um, it's, it's, I mean, I just think the world right now is really being challenged to choose love mm-hmm. over hate and that, and to even come at the things that are scaring us or frustrating us to, to approach them with it, with all the love we can muster to help heal things. Right. And I find because I am in the arts that the more I tend that garden within me, it does help me creatively, mm-hmm. you know, to be um, open and um, I don't know. I mean, I, cause I think even with acting coming from a place of love or more open hearted, you, you're able to, create something more interesting I think mm-hmm. um and then but yeah I think that it's um I mean then then the rest of it is like I don't know I just lead such a normal life with like my normal guy in our normal home like we're you know with that it's not like I mean we don't we don't live like the Kardashians or something oh you so, don't like, we, oh. yeah see sorry. I had this vision of you know, yeah, with like three pools and 12 rooms and you know, know. all these bathrooms with bidets and you know right i i wish i wish no i'm just kidding (laughs) um so like i i feel like my life is just really grounded like it's not Mm. like any it's just you know normal life which i think a lot of actors are really like just i mean like where i live in california there's a lot of actors and just see them at the grocery store and stuff and you know i i it just it's just interesting like i think i think there's I mean, you know, who knows? You're on a level like there's actors that are just so huge and famous, like mm-hmm. they probably can't go to the grocery store. Right. That's not my. That's not the case. I get to go do whatever I want, and then, you know, nobody, nobody really bothers me, and mm-hmm. and um, you know, and then if I go to the conventions and stuff, that's all out there, but day to day. But I think like really, um. I've, I'm just finding the biggest challenge to my spiritual health at the moment is the climate that we're living in and trying to make peace with um, how to approach the, the chaos I feel is happening around me in the world um, from a spiritual point. And I know that it all comes back to like, like Gail Dillon would tell us, right. it all comes back um, to you know, coming from a place of love and right. the truth that we're all one, that God is in everything, and that even the things that I'm judging and don't like, mm-hmm. and how do, I mean, I just think we're in a really challenging and interesting time right now to um, really put that into practice, which, by the way, I fail at it every day, <laughs> but it, it is my it is my intention. Right. Well, that's why it's called a practice, so, you know, it's not... Yeah, you know, some people master it. Do you have any like vices, like reality TV or trash TV, or you know, something that you kind of 
You just can't <laughs> handle what's outside your window, so you like vegetate, yeah, veg, the veg in front of channel. the TV. They <laughs> go to like the fake world of the Hallmark Channel <laughs> and like watch everybody in their perfect outfits with their perfect white teeth and their and the, every town is like everybody's happy and drives nice cars. Stepford wives, and, yeah, total Stepford wives. That and I'm obsessed with all the home reno shows on HGTV. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm just obsessed with those. And right. I'll sit and watch cooking shows for hours. Right. Like while I'm eating a bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> and a glass of nice wine. <laughs> That's how I... <laughs> that works. <laughs> I like to watch Giada De Laurentiis when she's cooking from Capri and her outdoor kitchen. Right. And like I literally eat like a bag of Cheetos. And I'm like, that looks really good that she made that healthy <laughs> lemon chicken. Now, come on. Like... <laughs> I know you cook too with your, you know, quiches yeah. and yes, frittatas. I, I love cooking. Yeah. Do you have like a favorite? Do you have like a... Um, dish that's a signature Amanda well, dish let's see there's a couple I, I do a really good St. Patrick's Day um, um, you know cabbage and corned beef and all that so I'm good with that and I also, yeah so yeah. I do that and I do a really good um, Guinness brownies uh-huh. So like my, my St. Patrick's cooking is like super on point. Mm-hmm. And, um, but then like healthier, I make really, really good veggie lasagna with, um, with, um, zucchini noodles and I make, I do make killer quiches, I have to say. Yeah. And then just, you know, chickens and right. I tr- try to eat, you know, grilled fish and you drink your celery juice and I drink my celery juice <laughs> and I make green smoothies and although I have to say the last two weeks I finished my last movie and I've had like three burgers and I don't know, a couple bags of Cheetos, no joke. Um, and I was like, okay, I got to stop this train because I have to go to work soon. I'm like, all right, this was got a detox. Yeah. Detox my Cheetos detox. <laughs> Cheetos. Cheetos are my kryptonite. Oh, really? Yeah. I love Cheetos. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like those fire... Cheetos, like those really spicy ones, or I like those. They'll do in a pinch, but I just like good old Cheetos. And and even though Trader Joe's makes the healthier air puff ones, yeah, just like the the ones we're not, you know, Cheetos. Just so you like the, the old... crunch, the crunchy ones, not yeah. the air ones. Yeah, I like the crunchy yeah. ones. That's good. And to know. I do. I like Fritos and Oreos too. And Fritos and Oreos are vegan. Oreos are vegan? That's what someone told me, so I stand by it. <laughs> well, I, I believe the Fritos, maybe. But the Oreos, yeah, it's a stretch, I think. <laughs> was this a, a vegan a person that was telling you that? or Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, I know. that. I That's what I tell myself while I'm watching my Hallmark channel. <laughs> Oh my god, that's hilarious. Well, that's good that you have a way, you know, to decompress other than your, you know, spirituality. How do you decompress? How do I? Yeah. I pretty much just like turn on Netflix or some series that I'm watching and just try to zone out or I'm trying to like be more mindful of when I want to do that because I've been, I got a bike, 
recently. It's an e-bike, and I've been biking to work. Oh, wow. Every day. It's about five miles one way. I'm trying instead of like sitting and watching these TV series, I like go for a walk or go for a bike ride or, you know, yeah. not always successful because sometimes I just really want to like plop on the couch and just zone. And there's some really good stuff on Netflix, you know, <laughs> I know there is. <laughs> you know, Handmaid's Tale and all that good stuff. Okay. I want to ask you, how do you maintain your spe- your spiritual equilibrium? Um, that is a good question. I've been kind of out of touch because I know that, um, spirituality for me is more about being on the outdoors, like in nature and the ocean really helps me with that. I've tried meditating, but I just can't, I just can't sit my mind. Just, I know the mind is supposed to eventually, you know, simmer down but it Mm -hmm. never does for me. And then I just get frustrated and, you know, it's curtains. But um, (laughs) I try to read and, you know. um, But I think walking in nature, it's just a walking meditation. mm -hmm. And if it soothes you and calms your mind, that is meditating. If it clears your brain a little bit while you're walking along the ocean. Yeah. So I think, you know, in some ways I'm somewhat disconnected from spirituality only because I felt like I was – more in tune when I lived in Santa Fe and even when I lived in Seattle. Yeah. So I just try to find other ways, creativity or, you know. Yeah. You're always doing something creative though, whether it's making a short film or you've always really worked to find ways to express yourself creatively. Mm -hmm. And I think you should, I mean, I I hope that you know how cool that is that you do that. Thank you. And even podcasting and just you always have had some sort of interesting outlet and that where you share your creativity with others. Yeah, I nice. try to, to do that. Um, and I still do some video stuff, but, um, you know, I like That's to so collaborate cool. with other artists. And, and then yeah. I wrote that book last year. I self-published yep. that book, and then uh, I'm actually going to write a kid's book. You are? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. fantastic. I'm in the process of um, finding an illustrator to do the, you know, the illustrations and stuff, so that's, oh God, that's, that's new. So... I mean, I I mean, this is all new territory I've never done before, so, you know, it's always a little scary because, you yeah. know, for me... Creativity is kind of like a double-edged sword because I like to do it, but then it's like, oh, my God, I have to do it right. And, you know, I don't know if you ever, as a um, creative yourself, if you ever feel like you kind of get frozen because it's like, oh, my God, if I don't do this the right way, whatever way that is. I mean, there's no right or wrong way, but for me, it's like, oh, my God, if I don't do this the right way, then so then I like, I don't know. Yeah. I need help. No, that's, I need a therapist. On... Nah. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> I think when we start uh, in any sort, I, I mean, you know what? It doesn't even have to be creatively, but that when we are, when perfectionists, when you want to do that, it stops you from, not you, anybody, from right. taking the first steps just to do it. And um, I know, but it, I think everybody fights with that because it's our ego saying, 
yes, but if you don't do this right, you'll mm-hmm. look foolish or you'll be, you'll, you, it's always about how it's going to be perceived by other people. It's right. not, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and it's, it's, that's when, you know, you don't want to be at war with your ego because it just sucks up your, it's a, just a time suck. Yeah. But just to have it be like, thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah. no no f no, off shut up <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> exactly yeah it's like, like it's that a, tug of war yeah because i mean and even though intellectually we know there's no right or wrong well part of the reason that doesn't work when we say there's no right or wrong is because we know in a lot of life there is a right or wrong like right. it's wrong to lock children in cages right <laughs> like i'm sorry it's just wrong yes. no matter where you are anywhere <laughs> in the world it's just wrong yeah so there is so when we say, well, there's no wrong way to do it, there is. And so that's that's why we don't believe it when we say it to ourselves. So it's like we have to find some other phraseology that's like, um, there's no, there's no, um, you know, way, there's, there's, there's no perfect way to make this happen. Right. Because that's a truism, because nothing right. can really be perfect. And so... And um, then you can kind of cut yourself and go, oh, well, it's never going to be perfect. So mm-hmm. and if I truly can live through somebody not liking it, then th- those are the two obstacles, I think. Yeah, I don't exactly. know. What do you think of that? No, I totally agree. I totally agree. And it just it's just an excuse to not do it. Yeah. Basically. So Yeah, but it's not even just I mean, but you have to cut yourself some slack that it's not you know all of us have that it's not like an excuse like we're being lazy. Like it's it's hardwired lizard brain shit that (laughs) it holds us back. You know what I mean? Like it's it it could be that your kindergarten teacher once put down your art project in front of you and then you decided that every art project you do from then on has to be a struggle because yeah, you know, Mrs. you know, Jones said you couldn't color inside the lines and then that right. like it's like just like i mean then you you're never like no oh, screw it yeah so i know we get hardwired into <laughs> such garbage people don't realize how words really stick with kids i think they do yeah and or our words i mean that's how all science the, the whole science of mind thing is how powerful our words are i mean it's it's your it's your declaration to the universe and we have to all be careful and i'm I do. I say sometimes that I hear with it things like I'll probably listen to this podcast and say, <laughs> "What the hell was she talking about?" Um, because I'm just like, "Oh, shut up, you pompous ass!" But um, that's to me, not you. Um, <laughs> I think that um, I think that we forget how powerful our words are, even to people, you know, people my age. Right. But yes, children, like it's just you can scar them. I I had a teacher. <laughs> In the seventh grade, um, I was being a brat in class, but he said, you're a pimple on progress. Now, as an 11-year-old, I didn't even really know what that meant, but I knew it wasn't nice. And I, it was the first time somebody had like really like called me a name sort of. And to this day, I remember that insult. Like I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, but I'm like, I'm a pimple on progress. Right. Like, what does that mean? That progress had really nice skin and then I gave it a pimple. Right. And so then, therefore, progress was derailed because it had acne or something. Right. I, I don't even know what it was. Yeah. I think about it. I want to decipher what he meant by that. Right. It was It was really um, – so, I mean, wow. I am a grown-ass woman and I – 
contend with that I'm a pimple on progress. <laughs> That's classic. That's okay, one for the books. It's a, thank you. Okay, in the little square I'm looking in in on our mm-hmm. in this little square, like right here where my hand is. Can you see yeah. my hand? Is that the smoke alarm? The, this would be like really like a horror film that you're talking to me, and then right over my shoulder somebody <laughs> comes in right here. <laughs> And I don't even see him. With the black hood. And <laughs> they're just like and right I'm like, there. You're like, you know, ah. pointing it out to you. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Is my hair a mess? Yeah. <laughs> so have you ever thought about writing or have you written? Is that, a, is that something that you like to want to do for a movie or in general? Writing your memoirs? Um, I have been told by... M- multiple, multiple people, no, multiple, many people, what am I saying? Um, that, um, I should be writing or I, I could be writing if I wanted to. And I don't know why I'm not motivated to write Mm -hmm. because I do have stories in my head and I think it'd be fun to write a memoir actually. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe someday, maybe someday. I mean, I certainly, it's brought up to me often that I, I could if I wanted to or, or that I should and um, that I have not been motivated. Yeah. Yeah. It's to do it. I don't know why it's a lot. I mean, just writing the book, it's uh, it's kind of lonely. I'm sure it's different or maybe it's not different for screenplays, but um, what, what was your impetus to start writing? What happened? What made you decide? Well, I started and writing. How long did it take? I started doing it. It was supposed to be a web series idea when I lived in Santa Fe. And then it didn't. Is that really... what you and is that what you and I did together? No, that was just a short film. Oh, that was different. Okay. Yeah. Um. Right. So I wanted it to be a web series, but just the timing and trying to find people to collaborate with was a bit difficult. And then I moved back to California, and I still kind of had the idea, you know, knocking around my head. So right. There's this novel writing, uh, national novel writing contest in San Francisco. It's not really a contest. It's just basically a a challenge to people who write to write 50,000 words in a month. Right. So I didn't have a job and didn't really have anything else to do. So um, I was like, oh, well, let me see if I can do that. So I kind of challenged myself to write the 50,000 words with this idea that I had, this concept, and that's kind of how it came to be. And I will never do that National Novel Writing Month contest again because I basically had to rewrite the whole book. Even oh, though it was, really? I mean, I did write 50,000. I wrote 50,027 words. Yeah. So I accomplished whatever goal that was. And then yeah. I had to like rewrite the whole thing pretty much because I had like three subplots and, you know, 15 <laughs> characters and, you know, it yeah. was like crazy because you're just writing whatever comes to mind. Right. So you're not really editing. So it took me six years to write the book. Oh my gosh. So that was, that's such dedication. It's a long ass time. I wasn't oh expecting it to take that long. And by yeah. the end, I was just like, you know, I'm just done. I'm done with this. Yeah. I don't care. And like a week before I published it, I changed the ending. Because no it just came up. What ma- it just came to me on, a, I was driving somewhere. It just came to me. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I need to do. So I changed it. And 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 then you then you published it. Yeah. So it was a pretty crazy uh, journey. And it was really cool because at one point in writing, I felt like the characters were actually talking to me. 
which oh, was that's cool. a freaking trip. I mean, it was a real yeah. trip. So, but I've heard that from writers before where they really feel like the characters are actually telling them what the dialogue is. Is that kind of what you yeah, mean? Yeah, I mean, the, the characters were telling me to do something, and I'm like, I'm not doing that. There's no way. And they're like, no, you, you really need to do this this way. And wow. it was that kind of conversation in my head, and it was pretty intense. Like, I almost, like, committed myself because I'm like, okay, this is not wow. normal. This is not wow. normal. So it was cool. It was a cool experience. Which is probably why I've decided to do a kid's book. Because it's, it's a <laughs> I would say so. A little bit lighter and more fun. Yeah. So. That's awesome. I'm so happy you're doing that. I cannot wait to read it. I'm, I'm impressed. Well, I'm so glad that you came on. And it was great, awesome talking to you and reconnecting. And um, would love to do it again sometime in the future when you have some downtime. I'd love to again, and I'm so glad we reconnected, and it was really fun talking to you, and I'm so excited about your writing, and um, yes, we have to do this again. Okay, cool. That'll be fun. So what do you have coming up? What What are you doing project-wise or event-wise? I have a, a, a movie coming out November 4th called Badland. Mm-hmm. That's a Western. That's That's really good. Um, I'm excited about, and then um, I have a movie called The Orchard, um, which is the movie I was talking about where I played Jay Moore and I, our husband and wife, and we have three children, and mm-hmm. it's a thriller, and it's really good. It's called The Orchard, and that comes out next year. Okay. And then um, next week, I'm doing something fun. I'm going to Santa Fe. Um, it's Indian Market. Mm-hmm. And the Red Nation Film Fest, or Red Nation International Film Festival is they're doing a 30th anniversary of a movie I did called Pow Wow Highway. Awesome. That it, I'm so excited. And so we're doing, um, going there, We're they're showing it at the film festival and we're doing a big, I don't know, there's like three days of stuff and it's kind of a cast reunion. And so I'm doing that next week. And, mm-hmm. then, um, and then I have a couple of Comic-Cons coming up and then I don't do my next, you know, um, project until the end of the year. I'm going to do a little movie. Nice. Yeah. So you're keeping busy. I am. Staying out I mean, of I trouble. Mind- God. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I'm staying busy. I, but, you know, I always want to be busier. But you know what? I um, I feel lucky for a character actress my age getting to work as much as I do. I feel really lucky. Mm-hmm. Cool. So it's all good. Right on. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you. It was really fun. Show music provided by Mike Imbasciani. You can find him at mikeimbasciani.com. 